What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. This podcast isn't just for church planters. It's for anyone who loves church planting and wants to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. Matt, happy new year. Happy new year, brother. It's good to see you again, man. Good to see you too, buddy. We've been away for a few weeks. Well, I've been away for a few weeks. You I mean, we've here. been away from ah, talking. Okay, you're right. Yeah, we have been away from yeah. talking. Yeah. How was your uh, How was your break? It was good, man. We, um, you know, we didn't really have anybody over for Christmas and we didn't go anywhere for Christmas. So it was just kind of our family, yeah. which is a rare thing. Uh, you know, we last year and uh, typically we travel or... You know, we'll have big get-togethers, and I don't know. We just didn't want to do that this year. We yeah. just kind of wanted to have a family thing, and it was really nice, man. I'm, I'm really glad we did it that way. It's awesome. Yeah, we we got to drive down to Texas, so we we took the 24-hour uh, drive down and the 24-hour drive back. Um, but it was worth it. It was good. We got to see lots of family, spent some good quality time yeah. with them. Got I ate a lot of Mexican food while I was down there. Yeah. Lots of Tex-Mex. Nice. Uh, and barbecue. Also had a of course, you got to do both. And then um, brought back some good stuff. So yeah, it was awesome. It was a good trip. Very cool. What's um, what's like one interesting story over the Christmas break that, that happened? One interesting story. Uh, we got a new van. Okay. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. We uh, last, uh, let's see, we picked it up on New Year's Eve, which was Monday. And so the week before... Our kids all went on a, we have four children. They all went on a play date with some, with a family in our church. And so Eric and I was like, what do we do? You know, it's like, so it was just us in the middle of the day. Let's go buy a car. Let's go buy a vehicle. Let's go buy a Maserati. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, so we've been, we've been praying and thinking about getting one because we needed it. And uh, all these lights are starting to come on the, the, the van that we had before the caravan. And we were just like, man, I'm not putting no more money into this thing. And, um, so like the first van we went and looked at, like it was, we did research. It was a good deal, everything. So like literally that's the one we got. That's awesome. And um, so it was really cool to see. I mean, you know, God's in the, those things too, obviously. Mm-hmm. How many crushed goldfish are on the floor already? None. None? Because we're not allowing that nonsense. All right. <laughs> Man, when, 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 we, when, we, when we traded in the caravan, um, the guy was like, the guy was like from South Africa. So he was like really, really blunt. You know, he was like, uh, I'm, they inspected it and he's like, I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, that car is a, a wreck. <laughs> and and Erica started laughing. He's like, I mean, I don't mean to offend you. And he, I was like, you're not going to offend us. We know it is. I can second that. I can second I can that. Before. We're cleaning it out before we uh, brought it into the dealership to get the new one. And um, like I had the kids get out there and they found like an old piece of pizza, like underneath Cadence's oh, like car seat. And I'm like, mm. you little disgusting creatures. <laughs> <laughs> like no food in this van, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, man, it's it's nice. Like it, We got a Honda Odyssey here, but I was telling us about the Odysseys and stuff. And so that's the one. That's the one Mama wanted. And so, yeah, that's what we got. We surprised them on Monday. We told them we're going to go first. Uh, we, we got a surprise for you guys. And so we took them to the dealership. And we're like, what do you guys think for coming here? And Gavin started crying. Gavin's like, we're going to move in. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I love Gavin. Oh, Gavin bro, is so great. Yeah, he's man. so he's so emotional. He is it. so emotional, man. <laughs> we're getting a new van. Like, literally, real tears, man. Oh, I was man. like, wow, that's awesome. Wow. And tell our listeners how old Gavin is. Gavin is ten. Ten. Yeah, yeah I was about to say great. nine, but Gavin yeah, is your mini me for he sure. Is, he, he is. He looks like you. He acts like yeah. you. He's gonna be a little preacher. I 
Guaranteed. Yeah, he he is a lot like me for yeah. sure, man. Yeah. You know, but he he looks just like me. Uh, you know, if you live with them, he acts a lot like Erica in a lot of Doesn't, different ways. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. But yeah, they're they're well, fun, uh, man. Er, er, what, I think I saw like Erica was saying he's a mama's boy, right? Yeah, he's yeah. always been a mama's boy. Yeah, yeah. Sienna is a daddy's girl. Mm -hmm. Cadence is uh, is a mama's girl. Like she, last <laughs> night we're reading a book with Cadence, our uh, three year old, and. It was one of those books like you mess with like the things and the characters dance and stuff, you know, and those things always get torn up. Mm -hmm. But I got it for, for like Easter and I was like, um, we got to the end. It's like at the end, whenever you open it up and like all these characters, like it's like a fold up book, you know, if you know what I'm talking about. Yep. And uh, it was all ripped up and like and torn up and we got and the book was like all torn up. And so I kept asking, I was like, we got to the end and I said, oh, this piece is missing. It's like it's torn. And she's like, can we tape it? And I was like, no, I don't think it'll work. I was like, you know, you got to take better care of your books, little baby. And um, I was like, did you did you tear this part out? She's like, no, I think it was Isaac. <laughs> Isaac's our 11-year-old. <laughs> she's, she's like, no, I think it was Isaac. And I said, don't blame Isaac. It was, it was you. You know it was. And she said, I want to go sit with mama. <laughs> so like any anytime I confront her on something, she yeah. she'll say that. I want to go sit with mama. I go sit with mama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. funny. Yeah, man. Um, How about you? What was a big exciting thing? Texas drive, man. Yeah. That was a, it was that was cool. It was exciting. Um but I think that I don't know if there was anything exciting, but I do know that, I mean, there was one notable story uh, and I've been waiting to tell you this story. I uh -oh. was going to tell you like right when it happened just because I thought you would uh, enjoy yeah. it, but I decided to save it for the podcast. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, we got home uh, like new, like on the 30th or something like that. Yeah. And the next day uh, I was getting up, it was early in the morning. I think I was getting up to go and, and uh, leave the house for something and, and I was putting my boots on and I looked over uh, and we keep our shoes by the door, you know, like yeah. we've got a you know, doormat where you wipe your feet sure, off. Sure, it's Canada. We have yeah. to. And so, by the way, for our listeners, we've got a dog and a cat. We've got a cat. Um, I, I'm I'm a dog person. Yeah. I love dogs. Yeah. Uh, I've always loved dogs more than cats. I used to really not like cats. Yeah. Uh, our cat has warmed me up to cats a little bit because he's a unique cat. His name's Simba. And he's just got, he's got a lot of character and he's a very nice cat. Like he's not yeah. one of those cats that, you know, a lot of times I don't, I don't understand why people like cats because yeah. you get them and they hide from you. Yeah. And if you try to pick them up, then they just try to scratch you. They're real I'm skittish. Like, I don't want, they're yeah, freaks. Like, why would you want something that doesn't love you? Yeah. That's what I just feel like cats don't yeah. love you well. And so dogs, dogs love you well. Yeah. So, and anyway, so, but this cat, you know, it's pretty, um, loves us pretty well, I think. Or yeah. maybe it just wants food all the time. Yeah. But, Anyways, so always liked Simba. Simba's gonna be a good cat, but um, now uh, he's up for adoption. Uh oh, because um, not really. My wife wouldn't be happy about that. But uh, so I go over and I look in my nice uh, workout shoes. They're yeah. like hundred dollar, you know, workout shoes. Wow. Uh, and they're sitting by the door, and I look, and there's something over there, and there's something inside my shoe. I go and look, and this cat had taken a perfect crap right inside oh, of one of my shoes. Dude. dude, it wasn't on the edge of the shoes. It was like it was like he zeroed in target and like purposefully <laughs> pooped right inside of my, oh. of my workout shoes. Just, see, I see, just threw them away. You said you said you threw them away? Yeah. Oh Wait, Lord. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. <laughs> you said 
See, I like you said I like I've always liked dogs better than cats. So people ask me that question. They'll be like, "Matt, are you a dog person or are you a cat person?" I said, "I l- like them equally least, like neither." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we're not pet people at all. So like growing up, I mean like, you know, we had animals and stuff and uh but wow, your cat took a dump in your shoe. Yes. I was I was just like, "What?" And he's never done anything like that before yeah. ever. Like, I don't know if he was protesting because we yeah. left him here for two weeks and we would just have somebody pop in once a day just to feed him, basically. Yeah. And he's a very he's a very people-oriented <laughs> yeah. cat. And so he was probably pretty ticked at us for just, like, leaving him. Wow. So I think it might have been a revenge poop. A revenge say. poop. Like, he See, was that's like, why I, oh, you want to leave me here by myself? I'll show you what happens that's when what, you do that. That's why I, sh- I can't have animals. Yeah. I, I was dog take like, a cat takes a dump in my shoe some, something like that stuff like that used to like would have made me really mad but i was just kind of like <laughs> so, i just shook my head and i was like what are you gonna oh do? You know? man like, so see little diddy would have cleaned the shoes up and then thrown the cat out instead of the shoes, <laughs> <laughs> of the shoes. i had a cat one time we had a cat you just called yourself little we, diddy on the yeah, podcast yeah man nobody knows what that's that what means. my kids call me we we had a uh, erica one time tried to call me daddy to the kids and and but she said diddy and then it just kind of stuck stuck yeah um but we had a cat one time we came home and this cat had taken a dump on the kitchen table and was laying in it oh and we were just like what is wrong with you we were pretty sure like it was it went crazy it yeah. went crazy kind or of something like a, a- um, yeah. yeah, actually, we're going to be talking about the role of women in church planting. Uh, so this is actually a topic that one of our listeners uh, asked that we cover. And it's one that we had talked about yeah. uh, in season one about really wanting important. To, to cover. So we figured this would be a great episode, great topic to kick off season two with. Um, we are in season two now. It's pretty exciting. Wow. Got a little bit of a break. Wow. Um, Jermaine's working hard on our new website. It's not quite up yet, but it's Jermaine's one of our church planting residents. Yeah. So we're really have, tech savvy owns a company, graphic design, all that. Yeah. He's sharp dude and he makes things look really good. And mm-hmm. so the website's going to look great. We're going to have him and a couple of the other guys on in a couple months. I think, yeah, I think so. We're going to do a round table. Yeah. We've actually got like our whole like spring planned out. We actually wow. planned ahead of time. We did. For those of you who don't know last semester, literally like sometimes we wouldn't know what we were going to talk about until that morning when we sat down and we'd be like, um, so like I'd wake up in the morning and be like, shoot, I better figure out something to talk yeah. about. I'd go Google some things and we just come up with it. What are things church planners struggle with? <laughs> yeah. I would just ask guys like coach, what are, what are some things you want to talk about? Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. So, well, this is one of the women things. in ministry. Um, so uh, role of women in church planning. So I kind of wanted to start by putting uh, my cards on the table. I won't speak for Matt, but I think we're pretty much aligned here uh, in, in terms of like how we view this. I, first and foremost, what I want to say is that we think we strongly believe that women are extremely vital to church planning teams. Like Amen. we have to have women on church planning teams. Yep. If you don't, then you are missing half of your missionary force and half of the gifts, the gifts that God has given the church. Um, so I think that also secondly, that we have, uh, in many ways, um, not, um, uh, taken advantage of, the uh, the gifts and the leadership and uh, everything that the women in our churches can bring to the table in many instances. Yeah, uh, we haven't done a good job of equipping and training them. Yeah, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, and also another thing that you know we we want to put on the table is that we're complementarian um, for 
those of you who don't know what complementarian means, essentially we believe uh, that the Bible teaches that man and uh, woman are equal uh, in God's sight, both created in God's image with uh, distinct roles. Uh, so we yep. are equal in uh, nature and equal in status, and uh, but we are distinct in roles uh, in that... Um, uh, you know, God has designed marriage that way and he's designed the church that way. And so we'll talk about some of those roles here yeah. uh, in just a bit. But uh, uh, we do believe that uh, the the office of elder uh, is restricted to men, uh, right. as the Bible, uh, we believe, very clearly teaches. So now that our cards are on the table, yeah, uh, let's let's get into it. Um, so. I, like I like I was saying, the problem is is that in many ways, I think especially in our tribe of Southern Baptists, that we've relegated women to the sidelines, and by doing so, we've eliminated half of our missions force. Mm. Um, Matt, why do you think that that's happened? Like, what are what are we missing out on um, because of this? Oh man, I, this could be like a four episode like <laughs> like you know uh, topic because mm-hmm. it's so it's like an onion. There's so many layers to this question yep. that you just asked. But I'll just kind of try to tackle it the best to, to what I've experienced. I think a couple of things. I think first and foremost, we say, as we, as we believe what the Bible teaches, and we understand not everybody agrees with this, but um, but we believe the Bible teaches that the office of elder, pastor, is for men. And so what we've done is we've said, you know, to the to the gifted women who are leaders, who are even communicators, who can really accomplish some things can cast vision can kind of do those things so like we kind of relegate them to these smaller positions or duties or whatever it might be to to kind of um kind of appease them in some ways and not really equip them to to exercise their gifts mm-hmm. in with the kind of ability that they mm-hmm. can exercise them mm-hmm. with and so you know people ask me all the time you know who tell me the the Number one church planner you you know outside of the Bible, and I always say Erica Hess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've heard me say that many times. Erica is really a gifted gifted leader, and I think when I when I look at this question, what, sometimes when we see women who are independent, who are strong willed, who have those gifts that oftentimes we attribute to men, mm-hmm. we don't know what to do with them. Yep. It makes us nervous. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, we've all served in churches before where there's been women who mm-hmm. try to manipulate and run things just like a man does. Mm-hmm. And so we get scared and we think, well, like, if we put this person in this office or this position or whatever it may be, like, they're, they're going to wreck us, yeah. you know? And so I think that's I think that's part of what happens oftentimes. Part of it, too, is a lack of understanding of what the Bible teaches. Yeah. So we say, like, a, a woman can't pastor a church or a woman can't be an elder of a church. And so we don't we don't look at all the other opportunities. Mm-hmm. We don't really try to utilize their gifts. W- what are we missing out on because of this? When we do this, we're missing out on 50% of the, of the, of the population. It, actually, we're missing out more than that because when we look at church life, women represent much more than men. <laughs> yep. And so in church planting, if, if you say, well, like I'm not going to really focus on equipping women to lead in my mm-hmm. church, then you're shooting yourself in the foot, yep. both feet actually. Yep. Yeah. And we got to equip them to lead too. Like, I think that, you know, like 
a lot of times women get looked at as, oh, these are these are good, you know, warm bodies to be able to fill my volunteer roles. Yeah. Right. Like they'll That's help. Right. They'll help. You know, good. They can I, run the nursery. Yeah, they can the run the nursery. Church. The kids church. And then I'll have to worry about these kids and I can do the real ministry that's yeah. really important. Right. And I think a lot of times we'll even like, like you were saying, uh, women will get put in, well, like uh, to kind of appease them. It's almost like virtue signaling. You know, we're yeah. kind of like, oh, here, you know, we're going to give, look, look at us. We've got women, you know, yeah. in our in our church and our leadership, you know, yeah. look, we're with the times, you know, yeah. and it's, kind of, it's kind of like, if, but if you're just doing it just, you yeah. know, for, to virtue signal and you're not actually putting them in positions where they can lead and use their gifts, Absolutely. then uh, you're... I mean, I, honestly, you're kind of hurting your own cause. Yeah, most uh, definitely. In my opinion. Uh, so the reason this is tough is because on the flip side, so I talk a lot about this, you know, the pendulum effect. I yeah. see this all the time where we tend, we'll have a problem and to correct the problem, we'll overcorrect, overcorrect and we'll take, we'll swing the pendulum all the way to the other end and we'll create an equally uh, problematic scenario. Yeah. And that's happened with, with this. I think rightly so. Um, over the past few decades, um, there have been, uh, there's been some progress in terms of recognizing that, uh, women have in many ways been marginalized and yeah. they, you know, have not been treated equally. Uh, and, uh, but I think that there's been an overcorrection in many yeah. cases where we've just kind of eliminated gender role distinctions altogether yeah. and acted like that, uh, they're not there yeah. and that they don't matter and ignored clear scriptural teaching yeah. uh, on those things. And I think while it's well-intentioned, it does not have the desired effect of glorifying God and putting people in the best position to thrive within God's design. Yeah. Because if we're not within God's design, then people are not in the best position. Yeah, that's right. And so um, that's not the answer either is to just throw out all gender role distinctions and go, you know what? There's no difference between men and women. Women yeah. should be able to do everything that men can do. And men should be able to do everything that women can do. Yeah. And, that's how we'll solve this problem. Yeah, I mean, what we see in God's order, in, in, in God's structure, there's hierarchy in everything in life. Mm -hmm. And so what we see is that God's designed things in a certain way so that man and woman can flourish, yeah. so that the gospel can flourish. Mm -hmm. and, that, and so when we, when we disregard uh, gender roles, when we disregard you know, like mm -hmm. identities and all those kinds of things, then it will always lead to mm -hmm. problems yep. to be problematic for the church. Mm -hmm. So why do you think, um, I, I guess what I want to do is maybe do, uh, two questions. Yeah. Um, and we can answer them back to back if we want first, uh, why should we promote and encourage increased involvement in our church plants from women? Or if, if, you know, a listener is not yet church planting, but they're going to be church planting and they're, you know, in the phase where they're recruiting people, why should they recruit, women to be on their church planning team. And then the second part would be how, like, how do you go about doing that? How do you go about equipping women for leadership? What does that look like? Um, you know, uh, things like that. Yeah. I think like the nature of even our question for this, uh, you know, kind of speaks into some of the symptoms of what's happened over the years, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, I would develop them in most many cases, the exact same way. You know, yeah. like with our leadership pipeline, um, and and let me just kind of elaborate on that. I mean, for the fellowships network, like we have uh, in depth uh, development and discipleship relationships mm -hmm. um, with our specifically with our leaders, mm -hmm. and so that wouldn't be myself doing that with uh, a handful of w women. That would be uh, another female leader pouring into an up and coming fem female leader, discipling mm -hmm. her. But even there's 
even environments or settings, whether it be a staff meeting or a network gathering or whatever, where I or you or other male leaders, planters in the network would have the opportunity to pour into male and female, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And so I think oftentimes we we, we think there's got to be this dichotomy. You know, yeah. there's got to be here's this is how we develop male leaders and this is how we develop female leaders. And I think a lot of what we've done with that is we've taken like psychology into the mix mm-hmm. instead of just a biblical platform mm-hmm. and just say, okay, what is it, how does the scripture say that we develop people? Yep. And then that really applies for, for both and. Mm-hmm. And I think once a leader has kind of, you know, uh, for, for lack of a better term, just kind of revealed themselves and you see the calling on, on a female's life, that's when you go to another female leader and you allow that person mm-hmm. to speak into. I, I give you an example. I had a meeting with um with a guy not too long ago and he is like a big time investor down on Bay Street, mm-hmm. like Canada's version of Wall Street mm-hmm. for our American listeners. And um, you know, he was like, you know, I used to have this policy where I wouldn't be alone with a woman in a car or in a room or anything like that. And he's like, you know, I've really shifted away from that. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, now I have, I take these young women with me on like these meetings and like, yeah. I, he, he's like, I spent the afternoon at this, at one of uh, our young uh, firm's leader uh, apartment, like all afternoon uh, yesterday. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I just told him, you know. So I think you don't just say like, and his whole reasoning, the reason why I'm bringing this up is his whole reasoning was he said, because I'm pouring into them. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 mentoring them. Mm-hmm. Is that's the term he used? I'm mentoring them, and it just never ends well. No. So, identify somebody of the same sex who can really pour in to that mm-hmm. person with your oversight and, and yep. availability as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Does that all, does that all that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, kind of circle back to the the why. I think it's important to like establish a, a biblical foundation for yeah. this too. Yes. Like that, man, you know repeatedly throughout the new Testament, specifically in acts and in Paul's uh, letters, you see examples of women being involved in church planning and missions work. Um, you know, Priscilla, uh, and Aquila were, you know, laboring, you know, along with Paul, you know, yeah. you've got Phoebe in Romans 16, who is, um, clearly, uh, in some type of leadership yep. within the church, uh, you know, it's called a deaconess. Yep. Um, Lydia, right. You know, like God uses Lydia to, and they start a church right in her home, yep. you know, person um, of peace, a person of peace, uh, Yodia. And I don't know how to pronounce the second name to be honest, but Sintish or Sintike or ah, who knows. <laughs> this is, that's probably the hardest name in the Bible. I was yeah. looking at that. I was like, ah, I could have looked it up beforehand, but I didn't. Yeah. So anyways, but Paul says, uh, about them in Philippians four three, he says, "Help these women who have labored side by side yes. with me in the gospel together." Like that's that phrase is yeah. like critical. Paul did not see them as like beneath. No. Like he's like these women have side by side yeah. with me. I th- this is the biggest. I don't want to say biggest, but it's one of the greatest concerns I have mm-hmm. coming out of the past decade of ministry for mm-hmm. me. There's just this whole generation of young men who do not get complementarianism. Yep. They don't understand complementarianism, and they don't understand even the opposite view of egalitarianism. Mm-hmm. They don't get it. Yep. So they they think of complementarianism. They think of of, of lording oftentimes, mm-hmm. or they think of like I'm the boss or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so what do they do? They take that mentality into their home, and they have unhealthy marriages because they don't look at their wife as a co-equal, yep. trying to build and advance the kingdom That's together right. for the glory of God. Right. They look at it like I'm the one making decisions. Mm-hmm. Somebody, a, a young guy. Asked me one time, he said, 
um, you know, how, how often are you, do you have to tell Erica, mm-hmm. like, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to do it. I said, brother, I, I said a, a couple things. First of all, I like sex. I said, <laughs> jokingly, but I, I said, no, but I said, seriously, I said, I don't think there's ever been that mo- time in our marriage mm-hmm. where I've said, no, I'm putting my foot down on this one. Yeah. You know, yield I'm to me. I'm the man. You're I'm gonna, the, I'm you're gonna obey me. Yeah. No, no, because I love what Paul says here. This is so important that everybody gets this in Philippians four three, who have labored side by side, for what? Just just to work, just to build tents. No, to advance the kingdom through the gospel. Yeah. So we don't we don't look at this. I just it's it's disturbing to me when people think, oh, you don't. You 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 are one of those guys. Yep. You don't think women should pastor, so you're one of those guys. You don't like to empower women. Like you don't know me. Nope. You don't know my ministry. Like we try hard to equip and mm-hmm. empower and and place women into leadership mm-hmm. roles when they if they have those leadership gifts, just like we would a man. Yep. We're not just gonna put and there's been times where, you know, outside of the office of pastor, obviously, there's been times where there's been a ministry position. And we've had several candidates, and mm-hmm. the female is more equipped, more gifted, more called. And mm-hmm. so who do we bring on? Yep. Her, not yep. him. And so understanding that we co-labor, yep. that's an important word. Mm-hmm. We're working together to build the kingdom. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we, um, you know, we've got in our church right now, um, we've got a female worship leader, um, our bookkeeper, as a female, we've got a female kids leader. Uh, we've got uh, two f- females who are going to be making up our three-person board. Two females and a male making up our not our elder board, but our uh, board of directors. Like board of directors yeah. for the you know our nonprofit status. So I mean, the point is, is that like we would literally shut down if we didn't have yeah. the women that we have in leadership. Like we just couldn't do what we do, yeah. and I couldn't do what I do. Like so, Jen. Like one of the things that really rubs me sometimes uh, the wrong way is like how church planners wives get, get talked about too. Mm -hmm. Like, it's almost like, like even some of the books about it, it's almost like they get this stereotype that like, they're not really that involved in ministry. They're, you're there to support your husband, you know, like, and, and he's the one in ministry and you're there to support him. And, you know, you just stay back home and take care of the there to support her too. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, dude, honestly, like when I look, Jen is just as much a missionary as I am. Absolutely. Like she's been side by side with Absolutely. me in the gospel, like the whole time. Yeah. She has done just as, she's just as much a part of this yeah. as I am. But, you know, now she's incredible because she lets me, you know, like take the lead. Yeah. Right. And she let, and she'll, and she trusts me. She yeah. trusts my leadership. But she also voices her opinion, and she's right probably eighty yeah. percent of the time. But when 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 we're operating the way God's designed, mm-hmm. and as men, we're not lording over leadership, you yep. know, but we're servant leaders mm-hmm. and we're lovingly leading. Yep. Then through God's design, our wives want to submit to that, and they yep. want to come alongside of that, yep. you know. So it's 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 crazy to me how how twisted we get that. But you know, just to back to your point, what you're saying about you and Jen. You know, Eric and I was, we were commissioned at the first SIN conference in Atlanta um, or gathering, whatever they ended up calling it. I think it was in 2011 or something like that. And, um, or no, I think it's 2012. And, you know, we were commissioned together, Mm -hmm. you know, and we've been, we've been talking a lot about, um, you know, we're, we're church planning missionaries, Mm -hmm. you know, you guys are church planning missionaries. 
And it's like, sometimes it's easy to forget that, mm-hmm. you know, but you're co-laboring, you're doing it together. It's side by side. It's, and church planning is different. People can say it's not different, but it's different. We've pastored in an established church before in churches um, in Oklahoma, Tennessee, you know, Mississippi. It's different. Church planning is different. Your wife is going to be more engaged. Your wife's going to be more involved. And there's more of a teamwork. And mm-hmm. I love that part mm-hmm. of it. I really do. Yeah. A lot of that is because you're busting out of the norm, the normative expectations mm-hmm. of what a pastor and pastor's wife does. Yeah. I remember we... I remember we interviewed one time at a church and they said, uh, they looked at Eric and said, hey, what do, what do you do? And do, do, you, like, do you play the piano? Do you sing? And Eric said, no, I, I, I love people. I share the gospel and I make disciples. Mm-hmm. And they, were, they, they literally didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, so you're kind of, so you, you share the gospel too. Wow, good for you. <laughs> you make <laughs> disciples too. It's like, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's what we're all called to. Yep. So it's just breaking out of those mm-hmm. ideas. That's right. So we, uh, you know, we may have, uh, there's several different types of people that are listening. There's people who are, you know, church planters or, you know, prospective church planters. Um, there are, uh, women listening, uh, maybe uh, single young, single women, uh, or there may be, um, you know, married women, uh, maybe a church planter wives listening. So, um, how can, how can we, how can you get women more involved in your church plant, what are some ways that you can practically do that? Yeah, I think, I think, uh, one, one just simple way is just being careful how you phrase things, okay. you know, just being careful how you phrase things. Like when we open up ministry opportunities, we don't say like four men or four women, mm-hmm. you know, we open it up. And so I think that's one way mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I could be wrong on this, but I don't think anybody even at Fellowship Pickering or even within the Fellowships Network would say, man, I really feel like oppressed mm-hmm. being a part of this church. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have, and I can't speak for other pastors, but you know, I don't feel like any, any female would say, I don't feel like I can thrive or I can exercise the gifts that God has given me mm-hmm. to be a part of the kingdom. No, I definitely don't feel like that yeah. either. I think that you know, the women and are at least in our church are, are thriving. And I think they would probably say uh, the same thing for sure. I, I would say this you, the, to, to answer your question more practically for our speakers or for our listeners. I, I think, I think sometimes depend, I, this has been my personal experience. I, I know I'm painting with a bit of a broad brush here. So, so forgive me, but it's, I, I've, I've had some experience where there have been some women in our ministries over the years who have, have felt like they haven't had an opportunity mm-hmm. or they have felt like they've been ushered to the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, in those situations, we've tried to go out of the way to empower those women. Mm-hmm. And you can do that in some very simple ways. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing, there's nothing. You can, you can ask them to open your service in prayer. You can ask them to lead a Bible study. You can ask them to do all kinds of different things. Yep. You can let them, get into the leadership waters, put mm-hmm. their big toe in first, and you can empower them and, and encourage them as they do such. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, a couple of things that, that, uh, I jotted down, um, you know, you can talk about it, you know, getting women more involved. I think that 
Uh, I think a lot of times that women don't step forward or ask for more responsibility because they're waiting for permission. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of times they, from church leadership, by the way, not just from men, I'm not saying they're waiting for permission from men, although that could be the case, but primarily they're waiting for for permission from church leadership because they don't even know if they're allowed, you know, like what, what can I do? Like nobody's inviting me. So I don't even know if this is open to me. Yeah. And so you've got to clearly communicate that like, Hey, we want you involved. We, you know, this is open to you. We want you to step up and and we need you uh, to step up and we want to invest in you as leaders. Uh, We don't just want to develop men. We want to develop women as leaders. Uh, And we've been called to, we've been called to develop the church. Yep. Right? right. And I think if we take that holistic view, then we're going to be a lot better off. Yeah. So I, I think on the heels of that, mm-hmm. you've got to make the same training available to women as you do. Absolutely. To men. Like if you, if you dichotomize the training and you yeah. go, well, this, you know, church playing trainings for men, like yeah. we're not, the women aren't allowed to do that. Then you're, you're, you're going to always have this problem. Yeah. You're going to always uh, cut off, you know, cut off your own legs basically from under you. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, and we're not, and we're not, uh, we're not saying there's anything wrong with men's ministries and women's no. ministries in your church. That's a different conversation. Don't mm-hmm. misunderstand us. We're, you know, uh, th- those we we have both those ministries in both of our churches and across the network, and we think it's good for women to get together with women and 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 celebrate and and get together. We think there it's good for men to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, open it up. Like you know, training should be for both. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be like well, evangelism training. Like yep. some of the greatest evangelists that I've seen over over my years of ministry are tip, are usually female. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we've got right now. We just started up a uh, cohort for you know the North American Mission Board has what's called yeah. a church planning pipeline, mm-hmm. and it's for men and women. Yep. Uh, anybody who wants to be on a church planning team or to be involved in in leadership in some way in in an existing church plant, and uh, we've got a cohort of uh, four uh, people in it. Two are women and two are men. Yeah, and uh, one of the women. Uh, was became a got saved in May of this past year. You know, she's been a Christian for like seven months and dude, but she's like, she's taking off yeah. and just, she's sharing the gospel. She's stepping up in leadership. She's serving. And so, you know, I yeah. quickly recognized that in her and invited her to come in and she was all about it. She was like, heck yeah, I want to do this. Yeah. And so like, she's going to, she's going to make an incredible leader, you know, as she continues to develop yeah. and she's going to be a key asset, whether it's to our church or whether she ends up getting sent out from our church to go help plant another church. Uh, we're excited about that. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. Um, also, uh, you know, just, you know, sim- simple stuff, delegate responsibility to women uh, who have leadership capabilities in your church. You know, man, can I speak into this for a second? Yeah. I-, I think it's probably one of the biggest hindrances to, in- to involving and, and developing women mm-hmm. into the life of your church. And man, I- and one thing I've noticed here is Toronto is one of the most diverse cities in the world now, mm-hmm. um, if not the most. And, culture is a really big thing and we have to we have to intentionally push against culture in some of this stuff Mm -hmm. because like man you know it's one thing for how we do things in north america and we just assume that women have all the same response or the same opportunities Mm -hmm. as they might in other regions of the world but they don't and so when they come here we have to begin to help them see that they don't have to be on the sidelines or they don't just, if, if, if hospitality is your ministry or babies is your ministry, like praise God, like most time it's going to be most time, you know, we don't want to put the dudes in the nursery cause they're not as gifted, yeah. you know? Um, but 
we have to let them see like if, if that's your calling if that's your gifting like we want to help you flourish in that mm -hmm. how, how to do that but if it's something else like let, let's we'll show mm -hmm. you how to do that as well yeah and so we have to we have to yeah. think through that lens as well you know something just came uh, to my mind too like one thing we got to be really 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 careful of and i think this is on uh you as a lead church planter or if you're one of the pastors at your church you gotta be really careful that you never ever give the impression that like the nursery is somehow a lesser ministry that's exactly right than your teaching ministry that's exactly right boy like you like number one that's just not biblical at yeah. all and that's i mean super prideful and it's easy for us to do that but man you've got to actively work against that and i think the way that you do it is you champion thing ministries like the nursery like yeah. you talk about it you know, you champion the people who are doing it because I'll be honest, like it takes a lot more sacrifice, I think, to do that than it does to get up and preach in front of people. Yeah, I mean, I in, mean in any ministry, I mean, any any time we minimalize one ministry to to elevate a platform ministry, I mean, yeah. it's sinful. Yeah, and I mean, and again, this is a way to help um, empower women because you are going to have the majority of, of people serving in your nursery are going to be women because that's how God made us. You know, mm -hmm. God made women as nurturing, you know, they're naturally, they're just much better at nurturing than men are. Yeah. You know, we're not as good at that. We can be a lot more abrasive, right. Yeah. And, and, and hard, uh, or, uh, and women are, are gentler, you know, yeah. they're more patient. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, able to, to, uh, to handle something like a nursery, I would, I can't handle that. I'm not strong enough, like yeah. <laughs> mentally and emotionally to be able to handle an assignment in a nursery. It's I like, would go insane. You know, it's like Erica, you know, she home, she homeschools and, uh, she have the kids all day long, you know, and like, I'll come home and she'll go out or like, I might have them on a Saturday for like four hours. I'm like, I can't, when is your mom getting home? Yeah. You know, it's kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, Another thing uh, is just increasing visibility. Another way to get women more involved is to increase visibility. So give women opportunities to be uh, on stage uh, and mm. up front. Um, yep. So like we've actually, uh, I've been trying to be pretty intentional about this. Um, not just with women, but people in general. I'm trying to, to get others more involved in our church and delegate. So, um, but inviting women to uh, read the scripture passages that you're going to preach from or yeah. uh, having, you know, female vocalists uh, or even, you know, a female who's kind of leading your worship, uh, inviting uh, women up to share their testimony, to do the announcements. Like you can get really creative. There's all kinds of ways that you can get women involved. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like there's really no excuse not to do it. No. Like, so. Absolutely. No, I agree. And um, last thing. I wrote down here that I jotted down would just be remembering the APEST focus so that from Ephesians 4, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher, just remembering that, you know, when we focus on team uh, within the churches that, you know, church planning is a team effort uh, and that ministry is a team effort, it'll encourage women to get involved. Um, I think that like the majority until recently, the majority of church planning training I've seen has always been focused on the quote unquote lead church planter. It's yeah. focused on this one person who's going to be like the CEO of this new yeah. church plant and nobody else really gets trained and equipped. Yeah. And I think that's a big mistake that we make. I think the whole team needs to be trained and that includes women. I, so even like, I'm hoping that we see progress in that over the next five to 10 yeah, years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I think that's going to help us plant more churches more efficiently. To be yeah, honest. definitely. I mean, you know, there are so many gift sets, you know, across the, the, the body. And, you know, if, if we're not, if we're not giving opportunity and if we're not identifying those across the APES scale with mm -hmm. men and women, like we're never going to plant as efficiently and as effectively as we could. Nope.
So we're leaving a lot sure. of a, a lot of talent, a lot of gifts uh, sure. on the sidelines. Well, Matt, um, kind of as we wrap it up, uh, let me ask you this. Um, what would you say to a, a woman, whether she's a, a single woman or married woman who's listening and um, is uh, in a church plant or wants to be involved in one and, and wants to get more involved, just yeah. doesn't know how, uh, maybe, and uh, maybe even she's in a situation where uh, she feels like she is kind of being restricted and there's yeah. not a lot of opportunities. What would you say to her? I, I, I'm... Very, I want to be careful of my words here. I would never stay in one place for a significant amount of time where I felt like I could not exercise the gifts God has given me. No, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, so I think that hint, would hint, hint, yeah, <laughs> yeah, get out of there. No, I uh, come to our church. No, I, I, I <laughs> would, say, well, you come to fellowship, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I would say that goes for male and female. Like, I've been in ministry positions before, I've seen situations before where um both sexes man and woman have they have been they've been you know they're shushed it's like yeah just go over there in the corner and uh do do something yep. you know medial uh, let, let let us let us take care of the big stuff and mm-hmm. you know i don't want to be a part of that team yep. um so i would say that you know and across our network i know specifically and and you know man i'm really proud uh, to be a part of the sin network and sin toronto i mean like I see, we see women across the city of nearly 7 million people in critical key roles. Mm-hmm. I mean, even at Fellowship Pickering, we have women as our spiritual care ministry director, you know, uh, in charge of life group, in charge of discipleship. I mean, so I would say there's there's absolutely a place. There's there's more than a place. There's a position of leadership. There's an opportunity for you to really thrive in your gift sets mm-hmm. and find that place. You know, if you're if you're a part of a ministry that where, where somebody's always telling you, you can't do that or you can't do this outside of what the scriptures say, then, then yeah, I would, I would go somewhere else. Yep. I would talk to your pastor and, and making, I'd make sure I would have all of that communicated. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to leave on bad terms, yep. but I would, and, and maybe it's just an oversight. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just an oversight. I've seen that before too, where yep. pastors say, Oh my gosh, let me repent. Yep. I had no idea I was doing this. Right. I mean, God knows we have blind spots. Mm-hmm. And, and issues ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, oftentimes if it, it might just take a conversation yep. and say like, right. man, I don't, I don't understand this. I don't understand this view. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why I can't do this. I don't understand why mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. Can, yep. and, and they might say, well, this is why, or mm-hmm. they might say, you know what? You're right. Yep. Like, let's get you in that sure. position. Let's start to train you for that opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that's, that's great, Matt. Um, uh, I think sometimes you just got to, like you got to ask, you know, like, yeah. um, if you're like, I know, so I can't speak for every pastor and church planner. And unfortunately not all pastors are going to, to take this attitude. Uh, but, uh, I know personally for me, like, I love it when I have people, uh, women included who come up to me and go, Hey, I really want to get more involved. Yeah. Like, what can I do? Like, how can I serve? You know, like I want to, yeah. I want to really grow as a leader. I want to be invested in, I really want to be discipled. Like, man, yeah. that's like, that like makes my heart sing when I hear that. That's that fires Amen. me up. You know, and just like as we kind of uh, wrap this episode up, I mean, I, I just kind of want to challenge our listeners, our, our male listeners in some particular. Some marching orders. Yeah, some marching orders. Um, you know, when a male, young male leader comes to us and says, "Man, I'm I'm doing this, I'm doing that," we we start to immediately throw around because we're multipliers. We immediately start to throw around terms like, oh man, that guy's gonna plan church someday. Mm-hmm. That guy's entrepreneurial. That guy's a leader. 
Now, my march here or my challenge is how do we react when a young female leader comes to us and mm-hmm. says that? Do we say, wow, she's got God's anointing on her. Mm-hmm. Wow, she can do this. Wow, she can do that. Or do we have another set mm-hmm. of options that we, we think through? Yep. You know, we need to think about that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's good. That's a good, uh, I think that's good, man. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm trying to think. I didn't write down a marching order ahead of time, so I'm not really sure what my marching order is, and I'm thinking about it right now <laughs> as I look at my paper and I'm trying to stall. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, I, I just think that, um, you know, my marching order honestly would be that if you like if you're a leader at a church and you don't have a system in place where uh, like a, a pipeline it, into which women can go and get intentionally trained and equipped as missionaries like make it your goal this year to make that happen yeah like create opportunities because if the opportunity's not there it's it's not gonna happen it's not just gonna magically, you know, take place. You've got to be very intentional about communicating that you want to develop these women uh, as missionaries and as leaders. And then you've got to, you know, make it clear like, Hey, here's the direction you need to go. If you want to do this, we're going to make every opportunity available to you at this church. So like, if it doesn't happen for you, it's not on us. It's because you didn't, you didn't take the steps that you needed to take. And so uh, that would be my encouragement. And uh, ladies, like my encouragement to you would be, uh, if there's a, an avenue like that at the church where you're at, then step into it. Mm-hmm. And if you're at a place where uh, you, you you don't you aren't being given opportunities to serve, then you know then like Matt said, and you've been there a while, and you've and you've already gone to your pastor, your elders, and talked to them about it, and you have kind of been um, shut down. Then um, my marching order would probably be go find a place where you can use your gift. Yeah, like march on out of there <laughs> and go find a place where you can uh, you can use those gifts. So. Um, well, that's uh, that's all we've got for today. I want to thank you guys, thank our listeners for uh, listening to this week's podcast. Uh, we have so much fun doing this, and we're pumped for for season two. And we do this for you. Like the reason that we're doing this is because we want to be able to share out of the overflow of our experience. Uh, we uh, we say we're a podcast by everyday church planners for the everyday church planner because we don't have it all figured out. Uh, we're still just learning and growing, uh, and so uh, we want you guys to be able to. Uh, to learn from our mistakes and to learn from things that we've done well. Um, so uh, make sure that you head on over to our website. It's www.getinthetrenches.com and you can find uh, other episodes there, uh, links to all the other episodes. And uh, we really need your help uh, to continue to get the word out about In the Trenches. And one of the best ways that you can help us do that is to go to iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, whatever the platform is that you like to listen to the podcast on, and give us a five-star rating and then leave a written review. Um, you'll notice I did stay five-star only rating. Hopefully, you Only think five our, stars. Hopefully you think that our podcast is worth five stars. If you don't, then please don't leave us a rating. Just, they're, they're like one just and a half. Just ignore uh, and go to the next step. That's right. But, um, so yeah, if you love our podcast, go give us a five-star rating and leave that written review. And that helps, um, when people search, you know, for church planning podcasts, it'll help our podcast to come up. And if you think our podcast is a good one that people should listen to, well then help us. Um, so we will be back with another episode next Monday. So until then go out there and get in those churches, church planners. Church planners.